Yo, thanks for clicking on the podcast for uh, this Sunday, March 28th, right? I believe March 28th, yes. Uh, a little bit of a longer podcast. Um, I feel that to some of you I can say I am sorry, and to some of you I can say uh, you're welcome, <laughs> because I don't know, I'm in the camp that like when I see one of my podcasts is a little extra long that week, I'm always like, ugh. Even though I love the podcast, I'm like, oh, it's intimidating. Oh, God, an hour and a half, really? Uh, but then there's, you know, there's times where I'm like, oh, I'm really glad that this is going. Like, I'm glad this keeps going. This this is a good episode. I like that it keeps going. And this, I think this is a good episode. This is Fitz. Fitz, a fellow ex-radio guy. Fitz, a great guy. Uh, this actually also was done in a real radio studio at his studios at Rock Vox Studio. And I have only been in a real radio studio, I think, three times in the last year. And this was one of them. And um, it just felt good. It felt natural. It, it was uh, He videoed it. So it's like on his podcast, it's actually a video podcast, which is crazy because I realized the pandemic has done something to my face. And that is that under my mask, I have become a jaw dropper, meaning that when you're talking, my mouth just naturally like goes open <laughs> and the masks have have quite literally masked that for the past year and now I've got to go back to remembering how to how to listen like a human being with a with a closed mouth anyway um Fitz is great we talk about a lot of stuff in this podcast we get real personal it's funny we talk about radio we talk about other past careers cringe moments lying all kinds of things it's just it's a really good episode and I hope you'll like it I am uh, as we speak here it's Saturday morning and I'm drinking a coffee in my basement Mm. Cheers. Because I am actually heading to Ohio in a couple of hours to see my parents, my aunt and my cousin. A lot of people who I haven't seen in a very, very long time. And I am excited. Excited to take a couple of days off here, recharge the batteries a little bit. I'm uh, just very excited. A couple highlights from this week. Um, I On Wednesday night, I taught a meatball class. So I, I've been doing this. I, I think you know that before the pandemic, I taught a lot of cooking classes, uh, mostly at the New York Kitchen. But I would also do these things. And I didn't advertise these much because I don't think that when you're doing charitable things that you necessarily need to beat your chest over how charitable you are. But I would do a ton of like just we would give it away as auction items for various galas or events around the city and you could bid to have me either come to your house or we would go to a mutual friend's house or a lot of times I would partner with Lauren Dixon and Mike Schwabel of Dixon Schwabel and we'd go out to their house on the Finger Lakes and I would basically prepare this giant meal for you and if you wanted some some little bit of a lesson I could show you how to make pasta, show you how to make meatballs, sauce, etc. Well, we've been doing that through the pandemic as well and uh, I did a meatball class this week on Wednesday night and... Um, it was it was wonderful because it was a one on one, and uh, this girl had won it in a uh, auction, and I, I liked I like one on one is a lot of fun. That's that's really cool because then it's really personalized attention to that person. So I think it's a cool thing. Anyway, before that, I had to go buy all the stuff for meatballs. Leo and I I took Leo to Wegman's, and Leo and I went through Wegman's picking stuff out. And it was so much fun because I I discovered, and maybe this is on me for two and a half years. I discovered that when daddy goes to Wegmans alone, if daddy comes back with Oreos, mommy's mad at daddy. But if daddy goes to Wegmans with Leo and comes back with Oreos, perfectly acceptable. <laughs> so there's that. 
And uh, yeah, and then, anyway, so we're in Pittsburgh Plaza, and there's a little toy store over by Black and Blue. So I took him over to the toy store, and this is probably bad. I, there's probably a lot of parents who are going to say, Polly, this you can't do this. I took him in the toy store, and I basically said, you know, what do you want? Like, let's pick something. Anything you want in here, you can have. And he runs right to the truck section. He picks out this nice looking, like, he's got a dump truck and an ambulance. And I'm telling him he's got to pick one of the two. And he picks the ambulance. And I'm like, okay, buddy, we're going to get the ambulance. And he's so excited and he's so happy. And I just love seeing him so happy. And we go to check out. The woman rings it up and she goes, that'll be $104. And I'm like, oh, what? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> and at that point, I'm screwed because I'm going, well, I can't, I can't take this away now he's all excited he knows he, you know he's two and a half but he understands what's happening he sees that i'm checking out and he gets it that he's about to have that that ambulance right so i basically just have to suck it up and pay 104 dollars for this ambulance anyway but then i was trying to figure out as i'm driving away i go did i just was i a great father just now or a terrible father because on the one hand it sounds maybe like i was a great father but on the other hand it's like should a child ever be told that they can literally have anything they want from a toy store? Is that like, shouldn't you have to earn that? Should that be something that like you just get? I don't know. You guys tell me. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say that happened this week that was a lot of fun was um, we're working on a product, uh, and I don't want to say say too, too much because, again, I'm bound by confidentiality, but I'm working on a product that in one way, shape, or form ended up um, having a old friend from my previous career stop by my factory to do some testing on something. And, and that gentleman's name is Pat McMahon. And I absolutely love Pat McMahon. I just think this is one of the greatest guys. And uh, Pat McMahon and I, I, I just have, I feel I have good chemistry with Pat. I really like him. I think he's very funny. He's got a very smart-ass uh, sense of humor, which is just... The sense of type of sense of humor that I love, you know, I just I love subtle humor and I love smartass humor and um, and he does it all with a big heart and so it was just it felt so good to see Pat McMahon and I I feel bad because I wasted a ton of his time because I ended up you know t we probably talked for at least a half hour uh, in the middle of a work day speaking of wasting his time wasting my time too but nonetheless it was just great to catch up with an old friend and um, love the fact that I had an excuse to see him that was just that was great. Just great. Great dude. Speaking of old radio friends, Scott Fitzgerald, Fitz, Rockbox Studios, on the podcast.
that's like that's such a better intro music than my. <laughs> when when I put this on my podcast, can I use that intro music? Sure. Do you mind? You because, got it. Because that puts people, I think, because my intro music is like. <laughs> 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 I, and I always put my podcast out Sunday morning, so I feel like people probably hate the way my podcast begins. And you just made me really self conscious about that. Well, uh, great. I'm, I'm so <laughs> glad that we're starting off on a on the right foot here, <laughs> dude. I, uh, I I pulled up here and I wasn't sure if you were here yet, so. I just did what any normal person would do when they're trying to kill time, and I started scrolling through social media, mm. and I saw you had a post like just a couple hours ago mm-hmm. about little wins yeah. and little losses. Yeah. Little I, victories. I love that you think that way. Oh, yeah. I it's, think that's all. What were your little victories? Um, well, let's see. I I got a full night's sleep last night. That was victory number one. Huge. Rare. What's normal for you? Um, normal is like probably five or six hours, yeah. but not in a row. I get up like two, three times to pee, and it's just like ridiculous. Yeah. That what damn what's prostate. I know. Is it it's just like, a prostate? It's 40 years old. I'm I started... drinking too much water. and it's just... That's healthy, though. The water. Thing. Yeah. It just sucks for sleep. I know. I started blood pressure medication, and now I'm peeing twice a night, too. Uh, it's because it's, it's a diuretic, so it's making me pee like crazy. Yeah. But so you slept, what, eight hours last night? So what was it? Yeah. About seven, seven and change. That's that's. But I'll I woke up. That. I woke up. The dog barking at five o'clock. Yeah. Um. And I woke up and I'm like, wow. <laughs> I expect you know every time I wake up I expect it's like I feel like I've been sleeping for hours and it's like eleven <laughs> fifty. Yeah. Uh, so I got up and, and I went downstairs, took care of the dog, had a nice breakfast, hung out with my wife, got to work out. Oh my god! Like this is like a real like it was it it's was the dream. Yeah. So I and then I got to my own place of business and unlocked the door and I'm coming in and I'm like, holy crap! Today rules. <laughs> like it just all it just all hit me at once. Yes. And I'm like, this yeah. is great. And well, then I thought about that. You know, celebrating each victory. Little victories. Well, give mm-hmm. me an example of the like a little. What would be like a little loss? But the the opposite of a victory. Like, what's the last time you experienced a setback where you're just going, God. Damn it! Like again, because because I'll, I'll give you an example. Because like that morning you just described, that's the dream. I slept well. I woke up. I spent time with my family. Yeah. I went to work to my own place of business. Right. Where things are lined up pretty well today. Right. Other days, I slept three and a half hours. <laughs> I woke up to uh, you know I, I woke up before my wife was up. My wife and child aren't up yet. Uh, she woke up for two seconds, but it was just to yell at me to take out the dog. That was it. <laughs> I'm starving, and if I wait until I get to work to eat my diet food that I have in the cooler at work, then maybe I'm good. But, God, maybe I'm going to just crack down and eat some cookie crunch or whatever the hell. <laughs> <laughs> and then I look at my phone, and there's seven texts of people who need immediate attention. Right. Right? So like, Did you forget sucks. this? <sighs> yes. <laughs> do you ever experience that? Morning? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. I, I, I do that all the time. Um, I mean, I've had so many setbacks here that some people might not think of it as a setback, but I do. Oh yeah. It's because a, it's it, like, yeah. I'll go through and record like, as a matter of fact, the last time you were here, yeah, it was uh, Mark Washoe and all those guys were here and it was like, and like, I couldn't get Mark's camera to work properly uh. and it was, it was all jerky and stuff. And there was like all these problems. I'm like, God. You know, so I've had things like that where I've I've prepared, I've tested it, yeah. And then when we start, it goes, 
Everybody. Everybody has it. Everybody has it. We I, we just had a... Uh, this is a tiny... It's not as good of an example, but we just had this woman come in to make a salad dressing whose dreams I want to make come true more than anything. I just want this salad. Her family salad dressing. I want it to turn out great. Yeah. And and for the most part, it turns out great, but last second, I get a little curveball. She announces she wants to put a clove of garlic in every bottle. But it's a cold fill, and this is boring and technical and whatever, but you can't put like fresh produce in something that you're not heat treating and then make it shelf-stable. And so it just just crushed everything in the moment, and it was just so disappointing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? You've got you've got this vision of where something's going to be. Yes, and then it goes. Whoop. Do you notice this whole ride, this entrepreneurship ride? Do you notice it to have been just? A, is it just an emotional roller coaster? Oh yeah. For you? Do Do you have days where you're taking over the world, and other days where you're going, "What am I doing here?" I have those in the same day. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you know, I'll start off on top of the world. I'll end underneath the floor mat. You know, and the next day I just have to be like, you know, you just have to pull it, rein yourself in and go, all right, let's think about this. Uh huh. You know, you don't suck as bad as you think you do. Yes. <laughs> you know? do, do you have, did you have self-esteem issues? Oh yeah. I what, always have. What person doesn't, honestly? Well, you know, I know crazy? people who don't. There are some people. I hate those people. <laughs> You're so right. There are <laughs> as soon as I said that, I went, well, wait a minute. Yeah. We <laughs> know, we know some of the same people that don't have those problems. They do tend to, they do tend to gather. If they do, they do it by themselves and nobody knows about it. Yeah. Well, actually, to be honest with you, I, this is maybe a deeper thought, but I believe that you and I have more of probably what's like the normal self-esteem issues. I think that some of the people you and I are thinking about might actually have deeper self-esteem issues than even we have, oh, yeah. and it's manifested itself in a different way. Sure. You know what I mean? Because mine are sort of, I think they're normal. I mean, I constantly am questioning, am I good or do I suck? I don't know. I can't tell. There seems to be a lot of evidence in either bucket. <laughs> right? <laughs> It's like, true. It's I, I true. I don't really know. Is that how you feel too? Oh yeah. 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 Like I can come up with evidence that I'm good. I can come up with evidence that I suck too. And like you can't really argue anything on either one of those lists. I know the jury. <laughs> the jury would be like, which way are we going here? I know. I I have imposter syndrome to the like nth degree. Very normal with entrepreneurs. I think I'm always like, what the hell am I doing? Like yeah. like who am I to to do? You know, and especially nowadays with this with this live stream thing, that. A million people decided to be live stream experts in 2020, uh, right. and they're all—they've all got their their webcam and their microphone, and they're at home, and the background looks amazing. They got these little blue lights splashing on their bookcase, and, <laughs> you know. And I'm I'm pulling wires through the ceiling, and I'm all, like all dirty, and and I'm like, and it doesn't, and it, then it doesn't work. And I see this guy who's like. Oh, I went. I, I saw this YouTube video on how to live stream, and I put together this thing, and it looks amazing. And I'm like, Shh, "Crap! What am I doing?" Can I just say, wait, am I allowed to curse on your podcast? Or can I curse on yours? Yeah. All right, cool. Yes. Wait, hold on. You can curse on mine, but I can't curse on yours. That would be the best rules to go forward with. For this I wouldn't know what to do. My head would just explode. Wait a minute. Um, no, you know what? Fuck people who put out 30-second YouTube videos on how to do things, and you and it's impossible. I, I watch it, uh, the video. I watch the how-to, and it's like simply A to B, then B to C, C to D. I can't get the A to B. I right. can't do it. It doesn't work. Usually what happens for me is that, like, I just did this uh, trying to fix my uh, dishwasher. Yeah. The guy's like, and, and it's always like this. All right, so now I'm gonna <laughs> do this, uh, you know, and it, you can barely hear him. And he he takes the he pulls it out. He goes, you just pull this off, and you pull that off, and you put this here. And of course, mine is the model that 
It doesn't work. It doesn't work no. like that. You yeah. have to go underneath with a special tool that only one guy has. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, God, everything yeah. that I try to do. But I don't let that bother me as much anymore. Man, I used to. You should ask my wife. My goodness. Me under the sink trying to change the faucet. You get pissed off. Oh, man. F-bombs like you wouldn't believe. The kids are like. You curse out the inanimate object. My wife used to tell oh, me. Oh, yeah. I hate not, inanimate objects because they're out to get me. They're out to get me. And my, my wife used to say, she, she would go, it's not alive. It can't hear you, and it doesn't have a, an agenda that against you. That table did it on purpose. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh, God. I think we're both crazy. <laughs> I think so. What, so how long has this studio been here, Rockbox Studio? Like, when did you start this? We opened in uh, 2018, April of 2018, so we're coming up on three years. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. You beat, you beat the pandemic, though. Like you said, everyone in 2020 did. It, but you were you were first. We yeah. Was yeah. anyone in Rochester doing anything like this before you started? Like a like a you know not of an official not like media notwithstanding is what I'm saying. Not no, counting. I mean I was I was definitely the first podcast studio. A couple popped up after me. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But but you were the first one to. I was the say first like, one to, yeah. to See, say that people are going to need this. Yes. Well. When did you recognize that? Like, when was the... So, the actual business was born in 2018. When was the seed for the idea born? 2016, I think. Planted, not born. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It, 2016. <laughs> Bring me to the light bulb moment of your, your fits. You're working... You were working at Stevens, right? Yeah. And and the when is the moment when the light bulb goes off in your head and you go, you know what? You know what I should do? Well, so, <clears throat> the way I, I got this business is I was, I was freelance... Uh, audio engineering for a guy and we were doing e-learning recording and it was in this really crappy room in Henrietta that had no business recording sound in <laughs> you could hear the guy upstairs going through his drawers and the dude next door to us heating up his salmon for for lunch um, but so he wanted to retire and he's like I'm just gonna shut down the business and I'm like well hold on a second I don't have any money but can I I want to figure out a way where I can take take this over so we worked out a deal, and I was able to take over a business that had a modest twenty to thirty thousand dollar revenue okay. for the year. And his business model was—he he ran it really, really lean. Um, what did what would his setup look like? Because your setup, and obviously this is uh, well, it is kind of visual because yours is video. But for me, for my listeners, this is audio, and this is a beautiful studio. Thank you. I have been in radio studios that are shittier than this yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, that that room was it was smaller than this and it was a cubicle really? and just in the one corner of the cubicle there was a mic and like that foam that rlx foam stuck to a piece of cardboard hanging over it with a like cheesy rope oh so it was like a little booth type so yeah thing. it was and people used to get down and hunch and, and read the script and stuff and um and, and, and when, who like recorded there? Did, who, who Doug Emblidge recorded there. Norma oh. Holland. A lot of the a lot of the people that are in um, radio and TV were were part of this group that that did these these e learning demos. Oh, okay. Most of these people just did it for extra extra cash. So these are side, side hustles. Okay, you know? I didn't even know that existed. I didn't yeah. know they were doing that. And, and cool. And you know, e learning is like a four billion dollar a year business yeah. that I'm trying to you know chip away at. Yeah. Um, here in Rochester, but yeah, so that room was just crap. And when I figured out that I could take it over, I was like, well, we're going to have to add revenue. We're going to have to, you know, make this more than what it is. And I'm like, podcast studio would be perfect. Right. Cause it I knew people that I was doing sort of doing a podcast. I knew 
plenty of other people that not as many as there are now, but there were plenty of people doing podcasts. And I've been, I've been messing with podcasts since 2006. Right, right. When it was first really hard to do a podcast, when I sat there for three days trying to figure <laughs> out how to, you know, get the enclosures to work so that the the audio would show up in your blog, it was like, now it's so easy. What did what did the um, big wigs at Stevens think of your interest in podcasts back in two thousand six? So they, he, um, Mike, the the GM was, was loved the idea, and he really wanted to do more podcasting. He thought that that was where things were going. Oh, and that's he, great! Yeah, and he wanted to kind of start. Kind of like iHeart has with they have their app with all the podcasts. He wanted to do something like that, but more Rochester based and just Rochester podcasts. But yes, yeah. The 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 two business ideas of of radio, that broadcast, and the ideas of podcasting don't really mix well mm-hmm. because radio, as you know, is is run entirely by by commercials and that kind of revenue, and nobody likes really likes commercials on their podcast. Yeah. So you don't want to like go, all right, well, we're going to be back after this 10-minute break of commercials. It's like, no, 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 no. That's what this podcast is for. How do you successfully advertise on a podcast? So because you're right, you know, po- I mean, commercials is is really hurting radio, I think. I mean, I, I try and listen in the morning uh, or whenever I'm in my car and I, I catch commercials a lot. And I always think to myself, I always go, God, that is a huge disadvantage because the phone's got the next podcast ready for me to click on. Right. No, no, uh, no commercials. How do you make a money? How do, how do you make money with a podcast? Um, I mean, <laughs> there's, asking for a friend. There's, 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 there's like the there's like the Joe Rogan level. Yeah, and then there's everybody else. Right. Um, but Joe Rogan, I get it. He yeah. can make his money however he wants, and yeah, yeah. So there's in, and I don't know if this is right or not, but this is what I go by. There's two two ways to utilize two major ways to utilize a podcast. One is to try to get as many listeners as possible to try to get, you know, the the golden number is 20,000 downloads. Once you can get 20,000 downloads per episode for your podcast, then you can sell ads, you can get major, you know, right. co- company sponsors. Right, right. Or you're adding value to your brand, whatever your brand is be it a personal brand, a coaching brand, um, your business. Hey, I do ACs and I've got a AC repair podcast. Yeah. It's It's plausible. And if it's entertaining, it works Mm -hmm. and it just makes you look like a better AC repairman or whatever it is that you do. So you like people like us, it's almost like we have to have podcasts being in radio. And then that's like the natural transition. Yes. Also, uh, being a a white male in my thirties, I believe it is required. (laughs) Same way five years ago, if I had left radio at that time, it was actually going to be required to open a brewery. (laughs) I got out of radio at the time when it was required to start a podcast. (laughs) That's true. It's true. You're done. Okay. Here's your mic. Here's your Zoom recorder. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of interesting, but that's that's what I tell people when someone comes in here and says, "I want to do a podcast and I want to make lots of money with it." I'm like, "Well, first of all, hopefully you're in for the long haul." Mm, oh yes, of course. Because you could be doing your podcast for five years before you really get any real downloads. I mean, think about it. Ten years ago, how many podcasts were there? Right. Who knows? <laughs> right. But now, 
It, every everybody. Yeah. <laughs> everybody. Seriously. Everything. And it, what is the, the newest saying is podcasts are like babies. Everybody can make them, but not everybody should. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one, too. I like that. <laughs> so how many podcasts do you estimate exist in Rochester, meaning they're locally made and locally made? Is it it's just impossible. Is it thousands? It's, it's, oh, even? Yeah. Oh, is yeah. it really that many? I want to discover more because the whole idea that your GM had at that time of being like a Rochester hub, where can I go to know what the whole umbrella of Rochester podcasts is? Because right Right now, I'm on my own to try and discover them, and I, I only know of a handful, to tell you the truth. I don't know of thousands of them. I'd love to f- see a place where it was more accumulated, mm. a list that I can click on. See, that that's the thing. It's like, if you were to do that, there's the whole ownership thing. Yeah, yeah. Who owns that content? You know? Yeah. yeah. And how does that work? And how do you, if, if you had a network, like I have my own podcast network. Yeah, yeah. Anybody that does a podcast here doesn't have to get their own Spreaker or Podbean or whatever. I, they can go on my Spreaker. Okay. Um, the only thing about that is that they can't see their stats. I have to tell them what their stats are. Okay. Um, but Have you figured out how to put that in your pricing model, by the way? No. Like the, the, come on, Fitz. That, that's well, throw that in there. So there, so there is tier. a way. That a I, have to, I have to up my membership with Spreaker to like stupid a month. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then I can have multiple, I can have team members so like if you came and did a podcast, you could sign in and see what your stats are, but it like quadruples the monthly rate for well, wait, using well, that service. Well, wait a second. As of right now, you can log into your own Spreaker, yeah. and you can see the stats for people's podcasts yeah. right across the board. Yeah. So what I'm saying is- <laughs> Charge him to yes. see- <laughs> Yes. Charge him for that extra data. Data is king, man. That's evil. Yeah. Okay. All That's right. That's evil. All right. You're better than You must I. work for Time Warner. That's a Time <laughs> Warner or whatever they're called now. Spectrum. The nickel. I'm doing a little nickeling and diming. Yeah, it's yeah like, you're probably right. You're probably <laughs> right. That is a little nickelish and dimish. But yeah, that's a good way to think. I to mean, try to think about every possible way that you could that you can bring in revenue. Well, as an entrepreneur. So I don't know this business. You know, I don't know the podcast business. But at least in my new business, I mean, yeah, there's fees everywhere. There's everywhere you turn. There's the this fee and that fee, and and you start to realize you're like, wait a minute, everyone else is charging these fees. Maybe I should be charging these fees. And then you start to go, oh, I guess that's how this. But we're talking about a completely different industry. So this is yeah. not yeah. apples to apples when I bring that up. So in as far as this goes, I have no idea what I'm talking about. No idea, but what when you uh, went when the GM loved that idea and you were into it at that time? Mm-hmm. What happened that it didn't work out? Was it just what you were starting to talk about of the two business models? Radio was going to take precedent because that's what's paying everyone's bills, and the podcast business model just wasn't it wasn't something anyone was going to dedicate to fully at that time. Is that what happened? That's pretty much yeah. I mean, a lot of things happened, but I think the main thing that happened was there was a lack of action. Uh huh. And and think about it, what was what was it that got you to start your business? You <laughs> did it. Mm-hmm. You said that's it. This is what I'm going to do. Just gonna go do it. You know, and that's what a lot of these things are. A lot of these so, so many great ideas, but somebody has to go. I'm gonna do it. And just about everything that you do has some level of risk. Of Sometimes it's not much, just a, a waste of time, but. A lot of people are busy and even even spending 20 hours on something and having it not work out it's like oh, you know but if you I, I, I know I, what you're saying I've been in the room before when the idea comes up and it's great and everyone agrees it's great but no one but, wants to do the work yeah everyone hesitates at the who's gonna go do that and and, yeah. and what's going across everyone's minds at that time and I think it's fair 
is everyone's thinking, well, I'm too busy for that. I'm just too busy. I can't take on that. Well, project. yeah, and there's and and that was what what I brought to the to the table. I said, all right, well, because they were they were actually talking about maybe we can do some sort of a a, a business agreement between Stevens and Rockvox. Awesome. And I was like, okay, um, how does that work? How do we do this? And because at first it was like, can you do this? We're going to add this this whole extra level of work for you. And well, am I going to be compensated for that? Because you know how radio is. You know, I mean, tell me, I don't remember. Yeah, don't remember. twenty years ago, uh -huh. jocks were jocks. Maybe they did a little production, you know, a couple of live reads, but really they 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 did their thing. And now you have to be a jack of all the trades. Mm -hmm. You produce your own commercials. You do everything. And even to some extent, the video, you know, to promote your show and, and all that. Kind the of only stuff. reason I ever got hired in radio is because I came in as a jack of all trades because my college radio station, I learned how to do everything. I mean, they weren't, I wasn't getting hired. I got hired for $7 an hour in Ashtabula, Ohio. And it was only because I knew how to work Cool Edit Pro, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And because I was willing to like make the commercial and yeah. talk to the client and do the and and right and that was still there were still plenty of jocks around at that time who just weren't going to do yeah that. they're like yeah that's what the production director's for yeah 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 but so nobody picks up the ball and runs with it and that does that happens all the time it happens everywhere that's not just radio that's like every yeah all and, over and, the place and and it's it's very common for a manager to say, hey, I've got this great idea. Why don't you do this in addition to your own workload? Uh -huh. And we'll see if it works out, and then maybe you'll be compensated. It's like, that's not no way to, you know, encourage someone to do anything. It's really not. And like you said, the maybe we'll see one day if this works out, we'll come back to this. <laughs> like, like there's definitely, then, then you end up back in that meeting in these cases where you do take a ball and run with it, uh, which I'm sure you experienced as well. And then you come back and you're like, I, I've done it. It's been two and a half years. Look at how far we've come. And they're kind of like, oh, yeah, you did a great job. And you're like, so let's talk about my compensation. They're like, yeah, we don't have anything else. I mean, I just was crushed so many Office times. Office space all over again. Pretty much. How did you get your start in radio? Uh College radio. I used to walk by the studio. Did you go to college here? Or? I went to John Carroll in Cleveland. Okay. And uh, I would walk by the college radio station all the time, and they'd be playing, like, emo, indie, punk, garage band music. Yeah. And I was a hip-hop. You know, I was a typical white kid from the suburbs, so I loved hip-hop music, of course. You know, I was Tupac. Might as well have had a Thug Life tattoo across my chest. <laughs> and I had the name DJ Ripsta, and I got a oh, radio show. Oh, no. And, and the whole key, the whole key to everything, Fitz, was... I wanted to play rap music on the radio. And rap music, if you don't know, has some swearing in it. <laughs> so here and there. I had to figure out <laughs> how to go into Cool Ed. And I'm so glad to be able to tell you this story in slightly more detail because I leave some parts of this out when I tell it to people who don't know what I'm talking about. But basically, I had to learn how to take curse words out of songs. So at first, I would just reverse it. And it sounds okay. It sounds like shit, but it yes. kind of, you know, it's okay. Then I finally figured out if I only download the instrumental. And I get the real version, and I line them up on two separate wow. tracks. I could fade down the real version and fade it right back up. And if I get really precise with that, it can sound perfect. Right, like the word just came out. That's right. That was the seed right there. So I started to you do got that. Hooked. 
I got hooked. Then I started to listen to like the imaging on the local radio stations, and then I started just flat out stealing from them. Like I would record <laughs> on cassette tape. I would record their imaging. There was uh, in Detroit. My girlfriend lived in Detroit, and there was this radio station WJLB, which was a hip hop station. And I, I would just have her record hours and hours of WJLB, and then I would take it, and I would anytime I could just I could just isolate a a sweeper or jingle, whatever I could find. I would take it, and we were WJCU, so I would leave the voice guy in going, W-J, and then I would come in, and I would just, (laughs) C-U, and I would just replace my voice over his voice and steal their imaging. Wow. And, And basically, through doing that for many, many hours, I got good at Cool Edit Pro. Yeah. You know, and then when it came time to apply for a job, it was like, what skills do you have? Well, I want to be on the radio. Well, yeah, but what skills do you have? What do you know? Well, I guess I can use Cool Edit. You can. <laughs> you know, and that was basically how I got hired. was just like, oh, we could really use another guy around here. Do you have any issues making commercials? No, I would love to. That sounds great. You're hired, man. You're hired. And they still use Cool Edit, and that's, that was like uh, 20 years ago. Yeah. Well, it's evolved, right? It's Adobe Audition now, right? Yeah. But it's, but is that the same thing, technically? Yeah, they bought it. They oh, okay. bought Cool Edit. Okay, I got you. But I remember when I got to Stevens, they were, I mean, and they're still using that Oh, actual cool edit. The, like well, it's the it's the version that two versions after Adobe picked it up. Oh. So it's like one point five. It's uh-huh. like, <laughs> I'm like you guys are. Oh my god, you're still using this. <laughs> and by the way, I don't think. Yeah, exactly. I don't think Adobe's all that expensive. I have it on my home computer. I might pay twenty bucks a month, honestly. And the whole Creative Suite, Adobe, that comes with everything, Photoshop, and all that. I pay fifty seven a month for the entire suite. <laughs> I got so I got programs I never use. Exactly. In design. Now, I think in fairness, I should say, I'm sure maybe there's some corporate business rate that's higher. I mean, I pay for a personal rate. I don't know exactly. So I should say, but I remember what a big deal it was to want to get Photoshop on your computer at the radio station. It was like, oh, no, 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 no. You know that would cost us money, right? And now that I go in, I I don't know why I didn't think of this years ago. I go in there and it's like, wait a minute, Photoshop is $20. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it used to be $500. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. It used to be very expensive. Yes. Oh, well, that would explain it then. Okay. They gave you a break if you bought 10 licenses. That would explain it then. I I apologize for that because that was probably back when that was the case. Yeah. But now it's like the entire Adobe Creative Suite is not. So is it, is that just because we've got some special rate because we're just people? Is there a different corporate rate or something on that? I know that we were talking to, because Stevens just expanded, they bought a ton of other stations and one of that we did an evaluation they're like what can we do to improve stevens i'm like can you upgrade your software <laughs> like our automation software is 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 uh, audio vault from like 1998 it's like rev 2 you know I'm like yeah. update this crap and he's like i know we're going to we're going to get the adobe suite and everything but we're talking about doing it for you know 40 stations so we're working they're like negotiating with adobe yeah, that makes on sense. the price At for how many yeah sure yeah so, well, that's, so where was the spark then for you that made you actually what, what was the spark that made you actually jump ship then and say like okay you know what it's not now it was an idea. It seems like the right thing to do. There's this opportunity in Henrietta, but now it's time to truly quit my job because that's the step, right? That's the big one. The I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to do this full time. What was the straw that broke the camel's back where you said, you know what? It, it's on. I'm doing it. COVID. Really? Yeah, because we, um, so I, that was, that was 2020. So I had already okay. been in business for two years. Yeah. Yeah. And um, COVID 
so at the beginning of 2020, I was taken from a salary employee and made a part-time uh, uh, hourly employee. What was that? Just downsizing company-wide? The industry's going through a hard time. We need there's to- a law. There's that full-time, uh, uh, what is it, the overtime law or something that said that if you work a salaried full-time position, there's a minimum that you have to be paid or something like that. Oh, son of a bitch. And so they were like, we ain't giving you a $10,000 raise. So they changed me back to hourly. Shit. Um, and then and then COVID happened, and they cut my hours. So I was getting hourly four hours a day. Oh. And I realized for the, you know, I get in at, at 5.30, and I stay till 11. I could be here spending that time trying to grow my business with the potential of making a much better hourly rate than what they were doing. And it was tough because I like I like doing it. Yeah. I like doing live radio. It's it's in my blood, you know? But right. when it came down to it, it was like, all right, what's the future? What's my future? And how is this all going to work out? And I'm like, this it's not worth it. How does this technology you have work? Can you go live here? Yeah. I mean, not obviously not on the radio, but I'm talking about the video. What part can go live? Yeah. That's freaking cool, man. We can go live to Facebook, YouTube, a bunch of other things. Dude, so. that's awesome. I mean, it's, that's, that's the same thing, right? I mean, you got to build yourself an audience, obviously, but that's the same thing. You can get that. Because the one thing maybe podcasting is missing is <clears throat> there is something magical about that live, yeah, like that live radio. And you can go. We did yesterday, we did our first live uh, podcast on Spreaker. Oh, cool. We so, had Richard Louie from uh, MSNBC was on. He's launching his book yesterday, and we had a podcast, Curiously George Podcast, um, and they interviewed him, and we ran it live on Spreaker so people could listen to it live as it happened on Spreaker and then download it later. That's awesome. Yeah. The I would say the one thing that maybe is missing, but you are here to correct me if I'm wrong because I just I don't know it that well. When I am going, this is how I listen to my podcast, right? I, I'm on my phone, and I very, very simply, it's an iPhone. I click on my podcast app. I got my podcast, right? Mm-hmm. I scroll through. I'm sure you're a 1,000% familiar with that. Most people listening probably are. If I was able to see Mark Marin and it said next to it, live right now, and I was able to click on that while he was live, I think that could be the next level. Does that exist yet? Yeah, on Spreaker it does. It does, okay. And I, I I don't know if any other, I don't know all the different podcast platforms. I only use Spreaker. I didn't really investigate the other ones. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but I know that when, when I went to it, just because I haven't used it before, so I was trying it out, I took another computer, went in the other room, looked it up, and it showed, and, and I don't know if, if, you know, next to the the profile picture it said live right now, I think I had to click into it. And look at the list of podcasts, and at the bottom it said live. Okay, so but that's pretty it's, cool. Uh, but you know, maybe maybe better functionality would be like you said. That would be great to look at it and just see without going into the podcast itself, just seeing it on the surface, saying that it's live now would be great. Yeah. So that's like the reverse way of how can podcast take the one thing radio I think has over it, which is that feeling of liveness. Mm-hmm. But in the reverse direction with radio and how can radio compete with podcasts? Because one one thing uh, that I listen to every single morning is I listen to this podcast called Start Here, ABC. It's just a news podcast, like 15 minutes, everything you need to know to start your day. And I love that. I listen, I grab a coffee, I get in my car, and I immediately hit play on that podcast. comes out at like 5.30 every morning. Mm-hmm. I'm in the car a little after 6. Timing is perfect, right? I uh, it, the brother we show does a news segment like at eight o'clock until about eight twenty. It's twenty minutes and it's the same thing. It's everything you need to know for your day. And then there's commentary, right? And I love the commentary because ABC there's no commentary, right? Right? right. They're, not, they're not they're not getting in there and, and cracking jokes about things. If that 
somehow that segment was done and then made available to me to click on immediately on my phone in my podcast log, and it was updated. It was today's headlines with the commentary I like, with the personalities I like. I, that could get me listening yeah. more to that mainstream local radio, I think. And that's one thing I've thought of a bunch of times is like, God, I wish this was available right now instead of me having to do appointment listening. Because, I mean, how... Appointment listening is tough for anybody. I mean, look what it's done to TV. Appointment viewing is yeah. gone, right, I yeah. think. I mean, it's a tough thing to ask somebody, I think, is what I'm trying to say, yeah. to make an appointment to consume that particular medium. And that's what's good about the podcast. So if you want to go live, even on Facebook or YouTube or whatever, you want to go live and you can have that interaction with mm-hmm. the live audience. You can see the comments. You can respond to them. About a 30-second delay, but <laughs> sure, you can do that. Same with the podcast. We opened up. There's a chat you know, section where people could type in in questions. Um, and then it's there if whoever can't listen or see live, it's there forever. You can yeah. listen to it again. With radio, you miss it, you got it's gone. It's gone. I mean now yeah. they're they you know they take the show and they put highlights or they put a podcast version of it up. Yeah. But if somebody were sitting there whose job it was to do that, which would never happen, but if someone was sitting there with a computer with a feed with Spreaker, they can go, all right, news is coming up, ready to go live? Go live. And now everybody who has that could go, oh, it's live right here instead of listening to the radio. But Yeah. Yeah. So how have you found it? So it's a, it's been a year. How have you found, being full-time, I mean, uh, over here, how have you found it? Has it just been, has it been an amazing experience? Has it been, is it like what we were talking about at the beginning where there's been amazing days and terrible yeah. days? Yeah, it's up and down. I mean, there are, right now, I'm, I happen to be like kind of on a high note. Yeah, um, but, there, some good gigs? but there are times where I'm like, <laughs> not gonna pay rent. <laughs> not gonna, uh-huh. honey, you got paid, right? You know, and, and <laughs> come on, Joe Biden, give me that. You know, give me my stimmy. <laughs> yeah. because I don't, I didn't know what was gonna happen, and then you know, the, the, a lot of it is mindset, and you just have to believe that 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 we live in abundance. Because you think I think about well, how many people are gonna want to do this, and how many. There's work. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's work enough for everyone. There's whatever you want to do. There's plenty of it. Yeah. You just have to get out of your own way and be, you know, believe it. And that's hard to do because I don't yeah, <laughs> succeed yeah. all the time. What was it like coming up with the uh, the dough to invest in all this equipment? I'm looking around. This, this shit is not cheap, man. Some of this stuff is nice yeah. stuff. Yeah, there's uh well, I mean, every company has a little bit of debt. Was it a credit? I love these stories, by the <laughs> way. There's a ton of stories that, that, there's a ton of people's stories. It's like, yeah, I put $10,000 on a credit card. I, right before I launched my sauce business in 2014, uh, completely forgot that I was going to need like a festival setup, like a live event setup. Oh, yeah. I literally put $3,000 on a credit card because I just didn't have any money <sighs> to start that setup. Like That's tough. Yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, but there's a lot of stories like that. Yeah. The Airbnb guys, if you've ever heard... Um, uh, speaking of, and I do want to ask you what your favorite podcasts are because I keep dropping names. But the uh, How I Built This NPR podcast is one of my absolute favorites. And when they talk to the Airbnb guys, those guys had a baseball card collector's book of the credit cards that they had between all of them, and the, <laughs> as many as they could get, all just maxed out, just all maxed out, just to get that business up and yeah, running. You so know what? That's that's Tom Galasano yeah. also has when he gives his speech about starting paychecks, about about basically maxing out his credit cards to keep the company going. There, so it's, there's nothing embarrassing about hey, I put it all on a credit card. Is that what you did? I mean, we we started with uh, with a line of credit yeah. for me SL. 
and a credit card. They're great, by the way. Um, so. Yeah. This this place has evolved over the last three years. The The setup now is considerably different than day one. I had, you know, cheap little $50 webcams. Yeah. And, and so as... As I started to realize what worked best and what looked best and what had you know the best growth for technology, that's when I would. And finally, it was pretty much credit cards. But that's also the other thing is that's a sign of somebody who's going to be successful too, and who obviously you already are, but you're going to continue to see success. I think is the fact that I do see these beautiful cameras here, and these used to be webcams. So when you made a little bit of money, yeah, instead of just saying like, well, the webcam can stay there. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna take this and uh, buy this toy. I'm gonna I'm gonna put a pool in my backyard instead of up. Instead, you decided to upgrade your equipment. I kept putting money right yes. back into this place, like, yeah. especially when I still was working at the radio station. I saw anything that came in as long as the bills were paid, like rent and that stuff. Anytime I got money, I was like, all right. So what's the most important thing that we need to upgrade? This. Yes. That. I figured out that I can lease my computers. Oh. I leased a, a Mac, uh, an iMac, like totally the best iMac. It's so powerful. It's like, yeah, <laughs> the computer that I had before that. The the <laughs> I had so many weird problems that had to do with just the bad computer. I had some people that were in here <laughs> and recording. So there's a product I have called a Legacy Cast. That's where you bring like your grandma, or your dad, or your my, your parents. You come in and you oh, talk about their life. It's a great idea, right? You sit yes. down like this and you talk about your life. And um, oh, interesting. And and so um, what happened? What happened? I don't know. You looking around panicked? I, I'm going. Did you hit record? I, yes, I hit record. <laughs> I hit a button with, but it, it's all right. Um, so these people are sitting in there and they're they're doing their thing. And the my son and his friends had done a live stream thing the night before. And are you familiar with Twitch at all? Of course. Yeah. So he had a Twitch account and he had this this little box that I'm using the stream deck that I'm using to switch cameras with. Um, he, he had a thing that where every time someone would comment on their stream, it would play a little piece of system of a down. <laughs> nice. It would go, wake up. Why'd you put a little makeup? <laughs> That's awesome. And something happened that it was still connected while these people were recording. <laughs> But I, I had changed the way I was monitoring things. So I couldn't hear what they heard. I heard a different feed. So I see them like in the middle of talking like, oh, look at her. I'm like, what the hell are they doing in there? And then finally they wave me and they're like, we're hearing something. And it was like, I could hear like all this weird stuff happening in the background. And I had no idea where it came from. Yeah. And I was like. This computer's possessed. Like, I had no idea. I'm like, where? And finally, after probably two weeks of trying to sort this out, I figured out that it was from when my son was here with his friends. But it was like the most random things were popping up. I was like, oh, my God. And there was stuff like that happened so often that I was really close to like, am, am I... Should I be doing this? Like, well, who am I to do this? <laughs> but you, but you know what you did though. You, you as we t talked about, you invested, and then you also got stealthy. You figured out I need this high power computer. Maybe I don't want to spend that kind of money. I can lease it, right? Like that's yeah. the other thing is you yeah. figure out how to get stealthy and how to. As you start to look around here, you know you've got stories. Literally everything in here, you can tell the story of. Oh, I got that at this place for that price, right? Right. Like you're thinking like an entrepreneur, and you start to realize. Like, oh, the lights, I could buy a brand new light, or I could find a used light, or I could go to an auction for a light, or I might find a light from a place that's gone out of business. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. thanks to Vaughn Taylor, he gave me, the lights are in the other studio, 
Um, these are lights that I just recently purchased, but he gave me some some big softbox lights to use in here that he had at his house. He's like, you know, because I did a couple of live streams. He's like, you need to fix your lighting. And he's like, I got lights for you. And he came in and dropped them off, and he gave me these lights. Awesome, right? And I'm like, thanks, dude. He's like, yeah, they've been sitting in my basement. I'm not going to use them. They're a little old. I put them up. It was like game changer. Yeah, yeah. And and so here's and let's it's talk about goosebumps this. Goosebumps thinking about that. Go, yeah, you know? it's a game changer. And here's the other thing, right? And so you didn't say luck, but I'm going to say that feels like good luck. People hearing might say like, oh, he got lucky. He got yeah, those lights. Yeah, it's not luck. You put yourself in the position to have that kind of luck, and I do believe that as well. Some people will say you got lucky. You got lucky. If you take anything. Thing where you get lucky and you peel back the curtain on it or peel back the layers of the onion say on it you find a place where that's not luck you made decisions that put you in the position to have that eventually happen to you and what do they say that uh, luck is 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 opportunity when opportunity meets action or something uh, yeah, like that I think that is it when opportunity meets action exactly that's 100% what that is. So you had you had put your freaking balls on the line to start this place. So the guy shows up with the lights is not a lucky break. Take it. You earned that. That's earned yeah. right there. And yeah, of course you owe the guy a favor at some point. You sure. know, but that's life, you know. Have you have you completely lot like gotten really humble? Oh god, yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. like when you it's screw very... up, it's just like, yeah. No, I, I screwed up. I really apologize. Like I can't tell you how many times I screwed up and I had to call a client and be like Oh yeah, I'm really sorry. Can I give but, you a good one? You know, yeah. What's your What's your best fuck up? I'll give you my. What, do you have one, or you want me to tell mine? You first? tell yours. I, I okay. So I've got. A, I mean, listen. At this point, I've been at this for seven years. Yeah. So I've got some. All right. But let me give you a very recent one. Here's a recent one. This is terrible that I would even tell this, but I just want you to. <laughs> see, but I think it ends up looking good in the end. So. Um, we make uh, we make our sauce obviously in jars. We also make our sauce in pouches for food service that go to restaurants and and cafeterias. Mm-hmm. This uh, this guy calls me from a local, and I guess I'll leave their name out just in case they don't want it known what they're using. Sure. But anyway, so this guy calls me from a local uh, restaurant, and he says, "Polly, I've got some. I think it's bad sauce here. I don't, I don't know what's going on. It's dark." And I go, "Huh? It's dark, right?" And he says, "It's it's dark. It's this dark." I, I don't know. He sends me a picture, and it looks like barbecue sauce. It's like dark red sauce. <laughs> so I, we, and this was just crazy ironic, but we happened to be making that exact thing that day. And I told him, I go, we are making this today. Let me bring you a replacement case, and also I'm going to pull a few other cases off the line from several batches, and I'm going to bring them all to you. What time can you do tomorrow? And he goes, I get in at 7. I was like, I will be there at 701. So I show up at his place tomorrow, 701. I've got these three cases that just came off the line of the same product. We open them up. They're beautiful. Bright red. They taste great. They're exactly right. But he's showing me this case of sauce that's like dark red. And I'm going, I don't get it. I don't know what, like, I I don't have an answer for him. I'm like, I have no idea why this is like this. You taste it, and it tasted mostly fine. But it just didn't, like, I mean, it tasted like 99% fine. It might have had a weird little tang to it or but I'm like, I'm like, I don't, I don't, I just don't know. I, I didn't want to lie to this guy. I'm just like, I, I don't know exactly what's going on. Please keep these three cases, compare everything that comes in against it, and let me know if, if the consistency gets better. And I go back to the factory, and the first thing I do is I go and I pull what's called a retain. So anytime we make anything, we take one bottle and we save it forever. Just in case, eight months from now, you go to Wegmans, you buy a jar, and you say, this jar is no good. I can go and find a jar from that exact batch and compare it and see if either you're right or you're trying to get some free sauce out of me. That's awesome. Yes. 
So is that like a standard practice? It's a slightly higher end practice. It's not standard, but there's uh, it depends on your qualification. And we're actually going through a thing right now. We're trying to get to the next level of qualification. There's just different licenses yeah, you can get. Yeah. This would be like getting a master's degree. This thing we're working on right now. Yeah. We have right now what would be considered a bachelor's degree in food safety. Long-term retains is part of this like master's degree program, for lack of a better word. It's called SQF is what it's called. But again, I can hear people falling cool. asleep. Um, anyway. Well, I think it's interesting. Wake up. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank <laughs> you. So I go back and I pull the retain from that exact batch, and it is bright red, perfect. I open it. I taste it. It is perfect. And I am just baffled. I have no fucking clue why that guy got a case of sauce that's dark red. So our QA guy is in. And I ask our QA, quality assurance guy, I go, what would make this sauce red? And he goes, I don't, I don't really know. And uh, I told him, I go, it was, it was cold when he gave it to me. He had it in the refrigerator. Could, could temperature do it? And he goes, he could do it, but, but cold wouldn't do it. And I go, okay. And I walk in 10 or 15 minutes. I'm still scratching my head. I have no idea. <laughs> so, and this leads to a major fuck up. So I eventually, uh, 10, 15 minutes go by and suddenly out of nowhere, because this is now it's just the only thing on my mind. No other work is getting done. I got to figure out why this happened. And God forbid, is it happening to anyone else? Is anyone else getting dark red sauce? And uh, so basically it hits me like a freaking lightning bolt. Craig said, our QA guy said, heat would do it. Do you know how we pack those? They come off the line, they go in the box, they get sealed, they go on the pallet, the pallet gets built. The sauce in the cases that happen to end up in the middle of that pallet stay hot because they didn't get a chance to cool. They're being packed hot. I bet they're still cooking in those bags. We went through four pallets, 250 cases, and we opened every single case and found that indeed some of the stuff we had made over the last few days was sitting in the middle of those pallets, hot stuff, wow. cooking and turning dark red. Wow. So, we, so there was more than that. There was more that was about to... It, that actually that stuff is actually going out the door today, as you and I speak. That stuff, we would have never known. We would have sent more bad product out, you know, this red, dark red product, and we caught that. And that was such a blessing in disguise that we caught that. But a complete fuck-up on my part to not think of that. Why wouldn't I think of that? Why would there... Why would I think that the sauce in the middle of that palate wouldn't stay hot and would cool and would be fine? Like, it's just a rookie mistake, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is the best way to put it. There's so many rookie mistakes, and you can do rookie mistakes for years. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm seven years old, so <laughs> I guess it's not a rookie. Okay. <laughs> not no, a rookie. It, but it still kind of is. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's still kind of, you know, if you're 20 years in, it's not a rookie mistake, but I think in the first... Well, first, like five to seven years, you're still considered, and I'm, and I'm only a, a year into doing my own manufacturing. <laughs> well, there you go. So, so I'm a is. rookie when it comes to the yeah. actual manufacturing side. Yeah, of because that that's the part that that blows my mind to to do that. I mean, yeah. to to first of all to take your it was your grandfather's sauce recipe, yeah. right? Yeah, to take your grandfather's sauce recipe and and make it a product. Yeah, yeah. is. That, I, I wouldn't know thing one I had to do that. No, I didn't either. Nobody does when they first start. Did so whatever you just else. like did Goog the research, Google it, Google it, Google it, just like anyone else would do. How do you do this? And I get this thing up, comes up, says Cornell Food Venture Center. They can tell you how. So I just try and get someone on the phone, <laughs> and I eventually get someone on the phone, and they they basically explain to me. They're like, "Well, we just have to test it for pH," and I'm like, "I don't know what that is. pH? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> like, you know." And and that's you know the ball. <laughs> The ball rolls from there, yeah. And uh, and I eventually, you know, I figure out how to do it. I find a little co-packer, and and 
the rest is history, I guess, as they say. But the leap from just having a brand and hustling the brand to actually taking my own manufacturing was a scary, crazy leap. Yeah. It still is scary to this day. It's the same thing as what we were talking I have the same thing every day. Today, I'm taking over the world. Tomorrow, sometimes in the same day. Next moment, what am I doing? This is crazy. My sauce is turning brown. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> My sauce is turning brown. I can't explain it. I don't know what I'm doing. Why am I here? Who's letting me? Why aren't they going to take my keys away? Imposter syndrome. When are they going to figure out I don't know what right. I'm doing? When are they going to take my keys away? <laughs> yeah. That's my. That's going to be my new saying. When when something goes wrong here, I'm going to say my sauce is turning brown. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, what? Wait, have you had it happen yet where you recorded people and then basically at the end you just went, oh shit, that the computer just crashed. So I'll be honest, I'll be honest with you right now. Yeah. There, there's a chance. We're not recording right now. No, it's recording, (laughs) but there's a chance that there's no audio. Oh, really? Well, that's how that's how confident I am in myself. Oh, okay, all right. I thought, are you serious? You can go check if you want. It's fine. I'm pretty sure there's audio. Okay, all right. Well, we'll just do it again if there's not. <laughs> there's audio on the cameras. It'll sound like shit, but there's it's there. Okay, okay. Oh, but that's not recording. Never mind. <laughs> See, th- th- so one of the things that I have trouble with, and and, and this is probably the same with you yeah. with 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 what you do. There needs to be a process. Mm-hmm. Without a process, things can get missed, and absolutely, it all goes downhill from there. Process and procedure, it's a big deal. So yeah. I have been laboring over creating a process for yes. each thing I do here, but it was only after like just complete, um, after all these things that happen, and me just being out of my mind, like, why does this keep happening? I'm like... Because like I'm constantly trying to do something, and then I set this room up. This room has gone through so many iterations. I used to have it so that someone could come in and podcast and do it all themselves, and I didn't even have to like do anything. And I realized that nobody wanted to do that. The whole no. point of coming here was for me to do it for them, and yeah. they just sit down and talk. I would agree. The po- I, if I'm coming here and paying you, it's because I don't want to have to do anything on their I, See, yeah. originally when I thought about it, I thought it more of, of, a, of a studio for rent. Right, like you'd be right. like, yeah, let's go and record that, and people would come and sit down and plug in their computer, record it all, and walk out. Yeah, but no, but you're right about your current idea. It's producer for rent as well, for sure. Yeah, like yeah, I want the equipment. That, I want to rent this space from you, but I also want to rent your skill and your time, quite frankly, to put this together. Yeah, and the, yeah. and that's that was the part that that took me a long time, and I'm still, frankly, working on the procedures on what to do because. Things are changing so much. Yeah. Like, I realized just the other day, and that the problem is, is every time something changes, I go, oh, that means I got to buy. <sighs> and then Tell I got to buy, it. there's four. I got to buy four of them. You know? <laughs> Damn it. The procedure, I'm telling you, like, I, it's like I've, been, I've been where you are without, like, the paperwork and stuff. The, it would help. As much as it seems stupid and mundane, a sh- just a pre-recording checklist and a post-recording yeah. checklist would be such a start that I think would uh, it would alleviate so much stress. I did, I did create something, and I, I thought it was funny, and I printed it out, <laughs> and I put it on a clipboard, and the clipboard is still there, and there's a bunch of checklists that don't have anything written on them. There's, uh-huh. like, ten checklists, uh-huh. and I had, like, little things like notes for every time someone will say like if they screw up 
I mark it on the timeline in the program, and then I'm supposed to write down like Mark One is this problem, Mark Two is this problem. I never did. Yeah, yeah. I do it sometimes You'll if get I can it. remember. It, 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 in the end, it works. <laughs> For in my world, it's like uh, you know, there's all over the place. But really, it's oh, there's laws that. You're, oh yeah, you know, that's the problem. But but like one of the things for us, so there's several different areas. What one would be receiving, right? Something comes in. I've ordered 12 cases of butter from you. I don't know, and uh, and it shows up, and whoever's doing the receiving on that needs to know 12 cases. They need to check there's 12 cases. They need to check that it's in good condition. It's the right thing. The ingredient panel matches, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Because what could happen, what used to happen, is that butter shows up and somebody goes, butter's here. And I go, great. And we need that butter tomorrow. And there's 11 cases, but we need 12. And right. now we can't And then you're the screwed. Thing. And yeah. now we're screwed. Yeah. Yeah. So like that's what the, where the checklist will help you out big time. Is just you don't forget the thing. But have you had to call someone before and go? Oh yeah, uh, uh, it didn't record. <laughs> it's yeah, lost. Yeah, God bless you. I've had it happen twice with recording. I can't think of I can't think of a recent one though, and I think probably because I blocked them out of my memory. Yeah. Like it's I don't so want to remember. Yeah, oh, it's terrible. Isn't it so embarrassing? I I've I have one guy who I record an interview with who I still haven't told that it like never went anywhere because I didn't save. <laughs> It's like it was. I used to do the CEOs You Should Know podcast. Yeah, and I had a guy come on one time, and as we're talking, Cool Edit just just stops working. Like it just stops, and I hit like no, no. Like I'm half paying attention, half trying to like with my left hand just yeah. like click a couple things. Like come on, come on, back to life, back to life, back to life, and it just dies. And oh, I man. just was so embarrassed in the moment that instead of saying, let's start over, I just went, well, that is great. Thank you so much for spending <laughs> our time. And then, of course, it was gone forever. <laughs> the first time I ever did something really, really stupid was when my first real professional job, I worked at Carnival Cruise Lines in Miami. Oh, dude, we got to talk about this. Go yeah. on. Go and, on. and so, because um, I'm from South Florida, so... I was, it was a video department inside the cruise line. We did all kinds of stupid stuff or whatever. And I was recording, they gave us this project to record the on hold messages for the phones. So it was like, you know, we had different VPs and, and big wigs come in and say, you know, Hey, this is John from the uh, inside sales department. And did you know that that kind of stuff? Yeah. So we had all of the, like, at the time, the president was Bob Dickinson. We had him. We had three or four VPs. Mickey Harrison, which is the the chairman who also owned the Heat. Yeah, I actually time. know who you're talking yeah. about just because I've seen him on TV. Yeah. So yeah. all of these big wigs come down, and uh, and I was I I accidentally had deleted a bunch of the file. It was like I was new at, at working with Max, and I didn't know that it like there was one file. I'm like I highlighted it and I trashed it. But I didn't realize there were like 10 files behind it. Oh. oh and I'm oh like, God. I bring up the timeline. I was like, missing, missing, missing. I was, I was like, oh. <laughs> I had to call each one. of. Thankfully, the really big wigs didn't get lost. Okay. It was the medium-sized big wigs. <laughs> so I had to call them all and say, uh, yeah, we had, a, we had a machine malfunction down here. We're going to replace it, and then we, we're going to need you to come down here. And now I'm different. Now I'll say, you know what? I screwed that up. Yeah. Come well, on down. You, you, I screwed up. I mean, I screwed up phase two. But <laughs> back in the day, it was just being way too honest and just being like, uh, or lie, or lying, right? Just oh, yeah. Like I lied. I, it was always the computer. Oh, the freaking computer, man. Yeah. And people computer. go, yeah, I know, computers. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. 
And then there was that slick middle then when I would try to polish the turd where I would say something like, you did such a good job with this other one that we want to use. We can't use that one, though, because that one's the one we're really going to use. We want you to do it again, and this time we want you to use it. We want, we're going to use it to show other people how to do a good one. Can you just record one more for me? And that's like, but that's like even worse of a lie. <laughs> Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. Now you've created a whole new universe. Yeah, exactly. Just digging yourself deeper. Yes. But I'm with you now where I've reached the point in my career, in my life, in my maturity level where when I fuck up, it's got to own up. Oh, boy, I fucked up. Yeah. Own up and make it right. Yeah. Do whatever you can to make it right. And sometimes yeah. you can't. And sometimes when, and then when other people mess up around you and you can just tell they're lying to you. <laughs> that's, and I think to myself, I shudder sometimes and I go, oh, God, that used to be me. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, God. How many times did I lie and somebody just knew I was lying? I know, right? Oh, you can't think about that stuff. You'll yeah, never sleep again. Just cringe. Like, we've all got some cringe in our past, and I've got some cringe. One of my best DJ F-ups was, because uh, I feel like I've been cursing too much. <laughs> One of my uh, best DJ F-ups was I used to DJ middle school dances when I was a, a first, like, a, a rookie DJ in, yeah. in Ashtabula. And I just forgot one day that I just forgot. This woman called me at like 3.45. The school was 15 minutes away. And usually I'm set up by 3.30 for the 4 o'clock after school dance. Oh. And she called me at 3.45 to say, hey, I'm just making sure. And I am literally sitting at my desk. And it's the furthest thing from my mind. And I just 90 miles an hour there. And when I told her, I, I got there and I told her, I go, oh, we had a big client come in. And I just, and then I just. After that, I remember thinking, who am I? Like, that was such, A, a lie. I don't feel like I'm a liar, but I've just lied to right. another human being. Right. And, B, it was a terrible, awful, obvious lie, right? And, like, this woman, oh, God, it's so cringy to think oh, that yeah. I did that. Oh, I know. Oh, I'm so disappointed in myself still. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway. <laughs> I, remember, I remember being a D. I DJed weddings and parties down in Florida. That was the worst. You didn't like it? Oh, my God. That was the I worst. I hated it. I hated it. It was so bad. Yeah. I, I mean, I was so bad. <laughs> I mean, I you know, I was I was okay, I guess. Maybe. Probably not. But <laughs> you see a real DJ, you're like, that's how you do it. And yeah. then I think about how I was, and I'm like, they. I worked for this company that was, um, it was a mobile DJ service. And you, you go and you do this audition, and they go, okay, great. We're going to give you the equipment. We're going to give you the music. And then we'll just start booking you gigs. And we needed somebody, in, they needed somebody in Fort Lauderdale. I'm like, sweet. So I got the gig. The first gig I get is nowhere near Fort Lauderdale. It's three, it's a two and a half hour drive to somewhere in the sticks in Okeechobee, Florida. I mean, it was, it was really out in the middle of nowhere. I was an hour late. This was a wedding. Oh, Jesus. I pull up and the guy's like, you're late, dude. I'm like, I know. This was before GPS. I had my street finder and I got uh -huh. lost. And then this other time, they, they got me a gig in South Miami, and all I had was the one salsa tape that they gave me. Oh, my God. And they're like, we requested salsa music. I'm like, oh, this was a wedding. Uh -huh. This was somebody's special day. Uh -huh. and, and, you I'm just, like, and you have, we are oh. family. <laughs> and she... Got everybody together from the wedding, and they all ran out to their cars and brought CDs and, and stuff to me, and I played it, and we made it happen. That works. But yeah, that that moment of like, I wish I was anywhere else but here. <laughs> like, please, I would rather be in a in a raft in the middle of the Atlantic right now with no water. And maybe that's drastic. 
How did you uh, how did you like working for the cruise? Did you actually go on the cruises or did you yeah. work at like the corporate? How did you I like worked at it? the corporate office, but we went out all the time. I love cruises. I've only been on a couple my whole life, but I have another one booked for like early 2023, like that far ahead right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. Uh, yeah, yeah. 22 months left. I love cruises. Yeah. Did you do you love cruises? Nah. Or you got did you like before? Did it ruin it for you seeing behind the curtain? Yeah. What is it about behind the curtain that sucks? Just that it's a business, basically? Just that you know how hard everybody's working. Yeah. And you witness firsthand how a lot of the people on board Ugh. don't appreciate how right. hard these... And these are people that are they're, they're from a third world country, a starving nation. They have like a family of 19 people or somewhere. They're gone for six months at a time. And they're gone for six months at a time, and they make like $5 an hour. Yeah. Yep. And they're working 14-hour days. Yeah. And they live in a cabin half the size of this room, and there's two people in there, and they share a bathroom with 10 people. Yeah. You know, and it's like... I've watched the YouTube videos of the cruise quarters, like like Deck 2 on some of those ships, and looks a lot different than Deck 12. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. It looks a lot different. Now, because I was in the office from, from the, the main office, a lot of times, we it was depending on which department we were working for. If we were working for the entertainment department or the marketing department, we got a suite. We nice. Got a, we got a balcony. Oh, my God. Right? We're working Dude. for food and beverage. We're working for some of the photo. You're in steerage. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're totally down in the crew cabins. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, and it was like, I didn't care. I actually enjoyed doing that. I liked sleeping in the crew area. Um, I loved... I loved going on cruises. I just I, I loved working on board the ship, um, but because of that, I could never go on a cruise. It would have it would have to be a completely different type of cruise. Yeah. It couldn't be like a carnival style uh, party cruise party cruise yeah. thing. You know, it would have to be like one of the really ridiculous, elegant ones that yeah. I could never afford to go on anyway. Yeah, you know, the one that's I a sailing videos. ship yeah. and there's only twelve people on board or something. They <laughs> do. I, they do. Uh, they do. Though I'm, I'm sure you know yeah. they do this because I've seen this where it's. It's a yacht, basically, yeah. and it's like twelve people on the yacht. Shit, that looks kind of cool. But you're yeah. right; that's way the hell out yeah, of range. <laughs> but you, you're so right about like the people that are working there, and you just you kind of almost feel terrible terrible for them because I, I mean I was a server in my life, and that did a lot for me in terms of how to treat people yeah. and never to be shitty to a server. Like yeah. I've never been shitty to a server in my entire life. But then you'll be sitting next to some fat fucking person <laughs> who will just be like, "This this lemon is not ripe." <laughs> And I asked for a ripe lemon. You have to remake this drink, and then they'll just like shove it at them. And I'm just like, yeah. why do you ever in your life think you would be entitled to ever treat somebody that way? I don't know. So you saw a lot of that as well. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And 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 that and and just people who just don't pay attention. We would be shooting videos. We would go on board to like shoot promotional videos, and you know, if if in the script it says you got to be on a ship, we got to be on a ship. So because we can't, it's not like we can build a set. So we would go on and, and, you know, cordon off an area with, you know, caution tape and stuff. And people would just do, 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 move the tape. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. That's there for a reason. People act like they own the joint. Like they think they paid their money to be on now. Now you have to do everything they say. Yeah. And they would get, Stupid. they would get upset if we were in any way, like in the way with, yeah. with the camera and stuff like, oh my God. And, but I mean, I can understand that you pay, you know, a couple of grand. 
and you've been looking forward to this vacation, you don't need a bunch of yahoos with a camera like screwing up your day. But what did they have to do? A walk around you ten yeah, feet? Yeah. Ten feet around some, you? Some people, some people are just, that's just how they are. They're oh. just like, nah. I was reading nah. some reviews because we booked the cruise I'm talking about is Oasis of the Seas, Royal Caribbean. Mm. And uh, I was reading uh, I was reading some reviews and I saw this review by this this person who says, we got on the ship. And I just, I'm picturing her voice. We got on the ship <laughs> and we looked for a place to eat lunch and we went to Johnny Rockets and would you believe they wanted $9.99 just to eat at Johnny Rockets. That's a deal for Johnny Rockets. And I'm going, you flew from wherever the hell America, you flew to South Florida. You got on a cruise that you obviously paid a lot of money to be on. It's Oasis of the Seas. It's a week-long cruise. You've probably paid at least $1,000 a person. But the fact that Johnny Rockets wants $10 ruined your trip? Yeah. Like, who are these people? Ruined it. To who, like, that is Let's so just go home. Like, yes, who are the people <laughs> who are $4,000 into a vacation, and then Johnny Rockets needs $10, and they go, that's it. That's where I draw the line. I cannot spend the $10. Well, the fact that they're eating Johnny Rockets at all. <laughs> when I, I I got to travel a lot with this, with that job. So we, we did this whole thing in the Mediterranean where we got to go to all these different places, and we flew there to shoot, like, tours and the different scene, scenes that you get to see. Um we went, the guy I was working with, we were in Barcelona for seven days. And he kept bitching because he wanted to go to uh, Pizza Hut. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I'm not going to Pizza Hut. We're in freaking Spain. Yeah. <laughs> not going to Pizza Hut. Yeah. It's just not happening. Yeah. And like, I would tell our dry. we had a driver, and I'm like, where would you go? And he took me to some, like, it was like somebody's house. Uh huh. But there were people there eating that That's they paid. The good it shit, was though. weird. Yeah. Um, and I was like, this is, and he's like, no. Nah. <laughs> like, seriously? Wait, freaking... I can say one thing in his defense, though, Fitz. When I was a, a junior in high school, I was an exchange student to Italy for a whole year. And my parents, uh, I met them in Rome at Christmas. I hadn't seen them in three or four months. And I'd been living in this small town in Italy with no fast food. Well, I understand the that. The first thing I said is, I go, I want to go to McDonald's. Oh, yeah. No, I get that. <laughs> the first thing. I get that. It'd been four months since I'd even been near How much McDonald's. Italian food can you have? Exactly. Eventually, you're just like, <laughs> God damn it, I just want McDonald's. Do they have anything else? I could never find anything. I mean, you could get Greek, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they, there was a little Chinese restaurant. Yeah, you could find a little Chinese restaurant. It was like, yeah. there, it was maybe an hour away from the town I lived in, but every once in a while, somebody would be like you know we went to for, we went for chinese they went chinese we went and, and i always thought that was kind of cool that it because never occurred to me because you think of italy and you just think they're obviously eating pasta and pizza all day every day right but like no they're not yeah like they're on diets just like everyone else yeah they're trying they're, they're, there's you know some lady is eating just celery sticks because she wants to lose weight and they want to go get chinese food when they can same as everybody else anywhere italy is great you've been a bunch i've been a bunch yeah i, I spent a lot of time in venice um, mostly, I guess, mostly in the north, Venice and Genoa. Um, we were in Bari for a while. Um, it was it was cool. It was uh, Venice was great. Though. Was this with, with the cruise line? With or the cruise different? line, yeah, yeah. Damn, that, I mean, that's what a cool Monfalcone, gig. Trieste, all, all uh, up in the north. Excuse me, I am a guest. What? <laughs> <laughs> what did you say to me? <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, you uh, so wait, wait a sec. That's an amazing gig. How old yeah. were you when you were doing this gig? I was in my mid twenties, dude. Yeah. Did you realize you were living a dream at the time? Well, <laughs> if my, you know what, um, if I had better self esteem at the time, I would have lived an even better dream. But I was so like, uh, what, really? I was so like, yeah. And 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 at the time, you know, it was kind of a lonely existence because 
when you go on board a ship, you can't just suddenly be with the crew and be buddies with them because mm. they live and work together for nine months at a time. Mm. So when you're on and you're just on for a week or two weeks even. Yeah. You can't break into their group. You can't group. just break into their group and be like, hey, I'm here. <laughs> and then you're already from the you're from the main office, so they think you're a spy. Uh. You know, so it was kind of lonely when I went out to places. It'd be like, I'd be, I'd, it's Friday, you know, it's Wednesday night and I'm in the disco <laughs> with my drink, like sitting by myself. <laughs> Baby, you don't hurt me. <laughs> you know, yeah. so I'm going to go down to the cabin and, and watch uh, Ace Ventura again. Uh, give me this. And I don't, I don't know if you'll give me this or not, but the carnival employees, as the Americans were being shitty to them. Were they going behind the scenes and going fuck that? Lady. Oh yeah. Okay. It's just one. Oh way. yeah. Sure. <laughs> I mean, they're still humans, right? It was. It was always so fun. Yeah. I would. Because because it's not. I mean, not only is it service industry, but it's service industry, service industry employees versus customers, which is one thing. But then you have international peoples versus Americans, so you have another level of disdain. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Oh man. It yeah. was, uh, it was, I, I was always embarrassed. I was like, Oh, you know, they're like, Oh, you're American. Yeah. Well, okay. I don't know what accent that was, but that's how they all talk. All right. So I'm going to go full douche mode for a second and sweet. Feel, feel free to make fun. Bring of on the douche. Um, I love also that you've invested in tiny little waters for every station in the studio. That is such a good, that is just, that's so great. You know why I got the small ones? Yeah. Why? Cause the big ones got wasted. Yes, they do. That, that absolutely, they do. Someone said, "Why do you have these small ones?" I'm like, "Yeah, all right, I gotta go full douche mode on something." Our sweet, our, our 2023 cruise is—it's a suite. We're staying in a suite. Awesome. And I've been looking up something. I need you to confirm or deny this. Uh, so it's Royal Caribbean. And it's like the second level of suites, and the top level is like star class. Everything you want is included in the inside gonna, or outside cabin. Uh, this is—it's uh, called an aqua theater suite. So it's that specific class of ship has like this back theater. And so the balcony is, it's outside, basically. It's outside, big balcony, overlooks this theater. I mean, it's going to be amazing. The be balcony big. overlooks a theater? Yeah, it's, um, I don't know. If, See, if, the ships, the sh- I, I haven't worked at Carnival since 2007. Well, this is the Royal ships Caribbean, have gotten, though. I mean, yeah, but they're all the same in, in a lot of ways. But the ships have gotten so big since then. The, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Ridiculous. I'm going to just see if I can really quick pull up a picture of... I don't know if that's the best picture. It's just the first one. You see the back of the ship, how it's purple there? Yeah. That's an outdoor theater. And then, Oh, okay. I get you. And then those those rooms that are at the end of the ship there, those all overlook the theater. Okay. And on this side of your balcony, you overlook the ocean. On this side, you overlook the boardwalk, and straight away, you overlook. So it's an amazing room. Oh, yeah. That's I mean, I'm badass. so freaking excited. Yeah, yeah. And you have a, and they have three different classes, and we're in the second of three. The bottom class is like basically, you know, like, look. We'll let you on a little early. We'll let you off a little early. That's it. The top class is like everything you want is included. They give you what's called a royal genie, which is just like you tell us what you want to do and when you want to do it. I want a royal genie. Yeah. How's that? My class is the middle one where it's kind of like you got some stuff you can have, some stuff you can't have. And one of the things you can have is a butler. They give you a butler. And I was looking up. I was like, what can this butler do for me? Because one thing I really want to be able to do for my wife is I want to have Starbucks delivered every morning to the room. So I went on this guy's thing, Royal Caribbean blog, and I was asking him questions. And he answered, and I, this is your chance to confirm or deny or just stop this and go, Paul, this story's way too douchey already. <laughs> uh, 
basically the answer was, what will a, gene, will, a, will a butler do that for me? Will he go? And the guy basically said, and I think this is probably true of all life, he goes, if you're nice to him and pay enough money, he'll do anything you want. Yeah, that's true. Is that pretty much true? That's true. So I, <laughs> not, I have no experience with the butlers. Okay. We didn't have those. Um, we had, you know, you had your steward. Such a jerk. And the stu- no, what, are you kidding? <laughs> Did I just <laughs> tell a story where I have a butler? Go and buttle off, Jeeves. <laughs> You you have a you have a, a, a the cabin steward or the suite steward or whatever the stewards yeah. and they'll you know they they take your towels and they fold yeah. them into funny little animals and they leave mints on your pillow and they turn down your bed and they clean everything and yes thank you yes thank you yeah um, sweetest people in the world hardest working people um, but if you ask them if you ask any anybody any any shipboard employee that's in the public area you ask them to do anything. And if they can't do it, they will find someone who can, and they will make sure that it gets done. Yeah, that's like, pretty amazing. Service is top notch, and and ninety five percent. The only people that might not do it are like the performers, right. but you don't usually see them out during the day anyway. Right, right. Um, but uh, you know, there's so many people who just they go over and above. Right. Uh, it's it's absolutely amazing. So that's going to be a great experience. Oh, dude, I'm so excited. The best the best time I ever had. Was we were sailing back from um, this was the Carnival Triumph. I think it was Carnival Triumph to nineteen ninety nine. We were sailing back from uh, from Trieste, um, and we were we were going through the Adriatic. It was a warm night. the The sea was a flat calm, and we had in the town where the shipyard was. We bought there was a, a little cafe, and the guy made his own wine. And the it was like two dollars a bottle of wine. We bought cases mm-hmm. and cases of wine and just brought them in our cabins. And we would sit out on the balconies because this was a crossing. So this was a brand new ship. There were no passengers. It was just crew. It was just a setup crew. And so we would take the ship from Italy to New York, which was like a two week a two week voyage. Amazing. It was just us. Yeah. And so every night we would get our bottles of wine and sit out on the balcony and just chill out and i was a smoker back then so we'd smoke cigarettes and drink wine and i say no one on the ship you mean there's no guests on this no guests oh my god it's a brand new startup it's called the inauguration it's a and, and it's so a it's just employees group. basically on the whole thing just a, yeah it's just do the, they still open stuff just to test out how it's going to work yeah so that was open? the best part uh. as we got closer as we got closer to, I think the first the first place we stopped was Nassau, usually for a refit or something. Um, but they would, yeah, they would. This is where they're training the new the new wait staff, the new everything. So we would have our own stewards that would do up the room. We would be able to go and eat in the dining room and mm-hmm. get the whole experience. That's amazing, you know. That's and then amazing. at night we'd sit there and get <laughs> plastered on the. And I wrote a. I wrote. I put a message in a wine bottle, and I threw it over in, in the Adriatic, and Anyone no one's ever? no one's found it. Yet. Still no. But even if they did, now that I don't, the information is they they'd contact my parents' old house and plantation. <laughs> <laughs> none of the none of none of the information, not even the email address, like none of that is is it's even still valid. I mean, I guess uh, if they really really wanted to find me, they could. But what brought you here? From you said you grew up in South Florida. What got yeah, you my wife is from Webster. Oh, okay, and she came down there, and you guys met. Yeah, she came down. Uh, she was going to school to be a cardiac ultrasound tech, and. Um, a sonographer, and uh, she was a waitress at a bar that my my brother was the manager of. 
And so when your brother is the manager of a bar, you come in and say, hey, who's the new cute waitress? Hook me up. And uh, we were friends for like eight years before we got together. But yeah, we moved back and forth from South Florida to here many times before in 2007. I got fed up of it with it down there and i said we're going we're moving to fairport where where did you live exactly like what was the name of the town you grew up in uh i grew up in broward county so i grew up in davy cooper city plantation area is that's that all like i don't know what that was that like fort, that's fort, it's lauderdale. Like fort lauderdale it's outside of fort lauderdale yeah okay so you you grew up in like what's considered nice florida right but then like florida's got kind of a lot going on you grew up you grew up in what sounds to me because i just saw this thing i thought was very funny where somebody said name something that's you'll already know the punchline but name something that's classy if you're rich and trashy if you're not and the answer of course is florida all <laughs> right you lived in what seems to be classy florida though from what i can tell i guess <laughs> it's yeah there are definitely different neighborhoods we we lived on on right off the turnpike and on the other side of the turnpike there was a vast difference between our neighborhood and that neighborhood uh. um that neighborhood was very redneck very like you are definitely going to see some three-legged dogs you are definitely going to see some cars up on blocks you yeah, know yeah, and yeah, nobody so. mows their lawns okay um <laughs> but you know, the, it was kind of, South Florida was really interesting because when we moved there from from Long Island when I was five in 1979 or eight or nine or whatever, um, it was the South. It was still the South. You know, there were old timers that say, "Are you going down to Miami?" You know, and and but then in the 80s, the the there's the Mariel boat left. A lot of Cubans came over, and then the whole cocaine. Did you ever watch? You ever see Cocaine Cowboys? That uh, I, I have that but documentary. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, that, if that was you, your, you lived in that. If you, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. the news every day. Talk people talking about all of these like brutal murders that were going on in Miami. When we grew up, it was like we didn't want to go to Miami. Going to Miami was scary. And I remember my brother wanted to take me to. There was like this big car show down in Miami, and I was like, I don't want to go to Miami. He's like, it's gonna be fine, <laughs> you know, because ba- the real Batman was gonna be there, oh. Adam West. Oh, okay, cool. And well, I was like, I don't want to go to Miami. Well, let me ask you the I mean it's so lame to bring up weather but like it, it does intrigue me what was it like to grow up with warm Christmas like that just it feels weird I mean of course warm weather sounds great and everything but it does seem weird for it to be 80 degrees on Christmas day yeah did, did that it doesn't strike you grew up but that's normal to you I would imagine yeah but you still I mean we're we're from the north so you know, I grew up with my parents talking about, oh, it's weird to be so warm. And then okay. you see all the movies and it's so you're conscious and stuff. of the fact that like I we don't have snow here and that's not normal. Yeah. Like, so when we when it would like in the wintertime, when it would get cold, it was an exciting thing. It was like it's going down to 30 tomorrow. I was like, yeah. yes. Yeah. You know, and by by noon, it's going to be 60. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, so the early mornings it was like, oh, and there was some kind of you know, sometimes we got some really cold weather. You know, it's down into the 20s, you know, right. For hey, a brief period. Doesn't of time. it snow like once every decade or something just yeah. for like a second i think it's it's the last time it snowed in miami was 1977 i believe okay um northern mid uh, central and northern florida has gotten J- snow. jacksonville had snow a couple yeah. of years ago yeah. they got like a quarter of an inch or something and it doesn't stick uh, i mean yeah. it stays and yeah and everyone panics and blah 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 but, but that <laughs> idea, shuts down the idea of year-round summer sounds great i wonder though and this could be the fat guy speaking but I wonder if it would be as great as it sounds. I wonder if I would be over that quicker than I think I would be. I, you know what? Growing up now, it's all what you're used to. Yeah. As so, a kid, it might have been awesome. Yeah. You ride your bike year round. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, 
I just know like we would get ready to go out and you take a shower and then five minutes after taking a shower you're soaking wet again yeah. and I was like oh god yeah. You know, you go to, you got to, you could burn yourself in your car just by putting your hand on the steering wheel. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's 900 degrees in your car. And, so, and also your house is threatened every, once every couple of years with a hurricane, right? Like, yeah. That's the other thing. And it's gotten worse too. When I was a kid, I mean, we had, there were only a couple of hurricanes. What were those experiences like? Did mom and dad kind of say like, look, we're, we got to leave now and we're not, who knows when we're Now we never back. lived in any evacuation zones. Okay. Um, we had, uh, we, we. Andrew and Wilma were the two biggest hurricanes that that decimated the the South Florida area. I mean, we had Katrina came through there too, but Andrew was a, was crazy. But that hit all in South Miami, so we only got a little bit of it. Wilma was pretty bad in Fort Lauderdale, but we still got lucky. Like our neighbor lost their complete patio; their yeah. their screened in patio was everywhere. We were fine. Yeah, but then. The power was out for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But a cold front came in, so it was gorgeous weather. It was like 70 degrees, no no clouds, no humidity. And so we had the windows open, and we were had a fire out back, and it was great. You know, my dad had his had the, the compressor going to keep the the refrigerator and the kegerator. Was, that's important. <laughs> that's important. It was actually... We got to get the kegerator plugged in because I just got that keg and I don't want it to go bad. Uh-huh. <laughs> Screw the milk. We'll buy more milk. Well, I'm just thinking about like around here <laughs> when we're going to get a blizzard. You don't think people are going to die. You just think like, okay, we're going to get a blizzard and we're probably going to not leave our house for a couple of days. And yeah. the plow people will do their job and it's going to be interesting. Uh, and we're going to go to the store and buy all the milk and bread, which is the lamest thing in the world. Because like I want Oreos. And, <laughs> and, like, if, if I'm stuck in my house for two days, it's going to be Oreos and DiGiorno pizza. It's not <laughs> fucking milk and bread. Anyway, um, but you, you would have to, down there, you live down there, you're dealing with the occasional experience of like, okay, there's a storm coming. Some people may die and our house could be taken away. That does seem like a different <laughs> But you saying that yeah. just never manifest. You never were that afraid of that happening. It never. No, and actually, there was always this weird excitement about a storm coming. Okay. There was like they. I used to drive down to Miami, and I used to take the Turnpike Extension, which was a toll road, and it was always exciting when there was a storm coming because they would suspend the tolls. I'm yeah. like, I got no tolls today. <laughs> um, and there really was this kind of weird excitement about a storm coming, and anyone that lived there for their whole lives. Um, you take it seriously, but you kind of—it doesn't scare you as much as I think it would. Yeah, and and based and that's based on history because at the time, we really didn't have a lot of storms. Uh, 1979-1980 was Hurricane David. That's the first one I remember, and then pretty much nothing until '92 when Andrew hit. So. So it wasn't that frequent. So, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. we would get storms. We mostly would get tropical storms. Or if you got a hurricane, it would always just miss us or we'd get the, you know, just a tail of it. Or, you know, you'd get some weather. We'd get some wind, you know, 50-mile-an-hour gusts or, you know, and it wasn't a big deal. Hurricanes are really, really destructive more the closer you are to the water because of the storm surge. I mean, it's just a big wall of water that the storm pushes on yeah. top of the ocean. And then, pfft. so those are the people that really... And they're the ones you always hear, I'm not moving. You know, they're in Key West. There's water here. There's water here. <laughs> get the hell out of there. It's like, it and they're in a house that's on stilts. <laughs> All right. Uh, I started this by asking you about something I saw you post on Facebook one time. I want to end it by asking you about something I saw you post on Facebook one time. If that's okay with you. <laughs> you wrote something. I don't think this was all that long ago. 
few yeah. weeks, maybe a couple months, about being asked to do impossible things when you were in your mid twenties. Yeah. Was that were you talking about radio? And if so, what were you talking about? No, I wasn't talking about radio. Well, what were you talking about? I'm working at Carnival Cruise Lines. Oh, so that is a tra- a moment of trauma for you then. Yeah, that that job that was my first professional job. I remember when I signed the the you know my employment agreement. Yeah, I was like, I'm making twenty grand a year. Yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. big time, baby. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but my boss, uh, who, you know, he was a nice guy. Like we would. I would go to his house and we'd drink Guinness together. He was an English guy, um, but he was very, very ambitious, and he really took advantage of my naivete. So me being a new, new young kid trying to start a career, you know, I I was in in uh, school for radio, but went into this video job and got it, and I had a little bit of debt because some idiot decided to give me a credit card when I was eighteen. <laughs> Um, and I mean, I just needed that stereo. Um, so, but he, you know, he had these, these, these amazing grand design for, for our, our department. Our department was just this little video department. We did weddings and he's like, we we're going to do this department's going to grow. We're going to do all the corporate video for all of Carnival Corp, which owns all these other cruise lines. You're going to be getting six figures. You're going to be a VP of this and that. And them tell you, you're going to travel. So I, I bought it hook, line, and sinker. And I was like, okay. He's like, but listen, you're a salary employee, and you, um, you're going to need to put in, you're going to need to pay your dues. It's going to, trust me, it's going to pay off. So work as much as you can, do all this stuff. When I would have two-week vacation, I would have scripts that I had to write. There were always these proposals that we were putting together to try to get more funding for the department and all this stuff. And um, it broke me. I would go on, on board the ship, we would bring our editing gear on board the ship and I would have these projects that I'd have to cut together before certain times. And we had all of our work to do. Then he decided he wanted me to do a crew video for the crew. This will be great. We'll play it, you know, at the big show at, at the end of the cruise and, and it's for the crew. I already had a workload that could choke a horse. And now I had this other 15 minute video that was comprised of footage from all the crew members. There's like two thousand people on board, you know. So it's an impossible. And it, it was it was an impossible. And, and it was like twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, and you have two, and you have you have two days to get it done. In addition to the other three things that have to get done in two days. And the guy is telling you this whole time he's dangling this carrot, going, "Dude, don't you want to be a VP one day?" Yeah. Yeah. And then he'd go, "All right, I'm gonna leave you to it." And then he'd go to sleep. Uh huh. And he'd go to his cabin and sleep all night. And then the next day he'd get up and he'd walk in and be like, "All right, let's see what you got." And I'd play it, and he'd go, don't like that, don't like that, oh, Jesus. change that, don't like that. And I would be like, can't you just say, wow, this is really great. I love what you've done here. Maybe change this. Let's think about doing this a different way. But instead, he would shit all over it. Yeah. And then finally, it was like one of the last times that I knew when I knew I was going to quit, I was like, wow, you just woke up on the asshole side of the bed today, didn't you? And everybody that was around me went, holy shit. And I didn't care. Yeah, I was like, "What the guy? Did he? Does he react to that in an angry way, or does he back down immediately? Because now he's been challenged." No, he gets he gets more indignant. <clears throat> mm-hmm. He's the he's the expert. He knows everything. Well, you can go back to your cabin. You can sit there and then do nothing. And then when you get back, you can you know blah blah blah. And I'm going to write you up. And I was like, "Dude, I I gave my notice. I'm leaving." How many? Do you ever think about what life could be like if if uh, you did become that VP? Like if if that was real. 
and the workload wasn't impossible. I'm Do you glad, ever think I'm about glad it? it didn't work? Well, out. I know you're glad it didn't work out because yeah. obviously life has turned out the way it was. You wouldn't change anything. But where I was going with that is. How many careers do you think have been ruined by toxic people? To- to- <laughs> toxic managers. There's no way to measure that. In this country. This yeah. th- this country has a very bad reputation for toxic leadership, I think. Yeah. You, uh, do you have any employees here? Not yet? No. Okay. How will that guy's experience with you change the way you manage when you grow Rockbox <clears throat> into a situation where you have employees? Yeah, I mean that has that has changed the way I do everything. Right. It's always it's it's basically my manual on what not to do. So we just um, we just uh, made this movie last year, Bottom Feeders. I can't um, wait. I can't wait. Uh, and Pat McMahon was involved, right? Pat, my boy. Yes, Pat McMahon yeah. was there. His his role is hilarious. Maybe I'll show it to you before you leave. Okay. Um, my leadership style was greatly um, influenced by by that experience. Yeah. And. I, I, I try to lead by respect and example. I would never do and I would never ask anyone to do something that I'm not prepared to do myself. And I always will will compliment someone before I tear them apart. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah. If I'm gonna do, give someone constructive criticism, I'm going to praise them as much as possible and let them understand that I appreciate them. Compliment sandwich. Exactly. It's like psychology one oh one. Yeah. Exactly. Here's something you're doing great at. We could possibly work at this, but overall, just great job, buddy. Yeah, you know? and 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 he he was from the don't be a snowflake uh, yeah, yeah, school yeah. of thought, yeah. you know, and that you know that might work for some people in the long run. It's proven to not work, right? Uh, overall, but in the short term, maybe. But I, that's not me. Yeah. When did it occur to you that you were being asked to do impossible things when you were still in it, when you're actually in it, and at first you're you you've got this. I'm going to be a VP, VP. I'm going to. I mean, this is. It's my life now. I'm, I'm going to own one of these boats one day. <laughs> <laughs> to like the day that you just kind of realize like, oh no, this is all bullshit. This guy's using me. <laughs> He's probably taking credit for my work when I'm not around. That, that exact yes. that exact thing. The first time I went on a crossing, we were we were sailing the ship. It was in the winter time. It was Helsinki to New York. We were going through the 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 North Sea and it was like Poseidon adventure, man. The ship was going like this uh-huh. and then it would stay there. And then it would oh. go like this. And every time it went to one either side, I'd be like it's going over this time. <laughs> and um I had to take a break. I wasn't seasick, but I was just getting tired. Oh yeah. And I had to take a break and I went out in this little bar area and I lit up a cigarette and I was sitting there and I started crying to myself. And then one of my buddies came up and was like, dude, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I'm never going to fucking finish this. And he's going to get all the credit for all this work. Yeah. And sure enough, I finished it. Everybody loved it. And the cruise director was like, thanks. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'll cut that out. All right. <laughs> thanks to so-and-so for, fin- for, for doing that work for that. What a great video. And I was like. You gotta be shitting me. You gotta be shitting me. Yeah. Exactly. I'm yeah. like, I did all of that. Do you think that if the video had sucked and they hated it, that he would have? Uh, that, that, oh yeah, that guy would, would have, have been thrown like, this me. Is the guy yeah. who made that. You're like, I tried to tell him, but you know, he did it his way. <laughs> I'm glad we talked about this because I mean, I think I think most of us have probably been around someone like that guy. 
you know, or maybe even worked for someone like that guy. And yeah, and I think it's it, a lot of those guys. Yeah, yeah. And I think it helps to like hear that other people have had that experience and persevered beyond it and stuff. And every once in a while, you'll come across someone who's maybe still in it, and it, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it for those people. You feel trapped. Like I feel like I even have PTSD from similar type stories. And yeah, thank you I for mean, sharing that. At getting getting uh, some therapy uh, last year or two years ago uh, is when I realized that we went. I, she really dug deep into my into my past, and it started to point. Everything started to point to that. Yeah. So from that point on, nineteen ninety seven to nineteen. <laughs> 2004 and then I finally finished my my relationship with them in 2007 so it was 10 years total with a couple of ins and outs um and when we finally got through it I was like oh my god I can't believe that all of these problems that I was having really came directly from that so everything from 2007 to 2017 it was 10 years of stuff that was just a yeah. pack you know and, and luggage you, you think that baggage. like big companies like like that company or, or any company should have like an hr department where you would think you would be safe. oh yeah oh yeah we did and but, and, the, and but they're not he there lied for to me well they're not there for you they're there for the company what, right. right yeah they so i found out afterwards that i was owed so much in like pay and time off i didn't know that i could have collected Ooh. i left and it was too late but i could have went to them and said look i've been working 70 hours a week for the last year and a half i've worked weekends you're supposed to get a day off for every weekend you work you're supposed to get x amount of time for every whatever you know right and i and it's in the handbook. I just never read it because I listened and, to him. And they know that nobody reads the handbook. <laughs> kind of like they know that somebody needs to tell you that. He needs to tell you that. I know. It's and like it's like the book of the 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 book of the recently deceased in in um, Beetlejuice. You know yeah. the way they yeah. write it. You're like reads like bad stereo instructions. <laughs> but the HR people think HR is there to protect you. They're there to protect the company. And if you and the company need to be protected in the same way, it's going to feel like they're here to protect you right now. Yeah. But they're going to protect the company if they need to and and not you, the company. There are there is a big movement in the what do they call them now? They don't call them HR anymore. I forget what they it's like uh leadership development or learning development i don't know but the modern day human resources departments are really really changing the way they're doing things okay. i know a few of them that are very much um i guess it depends on the person and the company but they're they're really working hard at and making sure that that employees that's great have a voice and i are, want to learn more about that because that's awesome i don't have yeah. an hr department in my place we kind of you're the HR outsource it. Yeah. <laughs> that's the funny thing. When you, speaking of imposter syndrome, that's great. So we we offer benefits, right? And every once in a while, like I'll have an employee ask me a specific thing about their benefits, and literally what goes through my head is, I don't, I don't know, I don't. Isn't know. it in the packet that I sent you? I'm the exact. <laughs> I'm in the exact same boat as you. If I have a health insurance question, I'm going to ask the same thing because <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but and you know. know what you don't that's <laughs> and that's the thing it's like when you do this when you do your own business there's only so much that you can have you in your know. brain yeah. yeah exactly and you need to have room for the stuff that really matters you outsource you outsource is what the answer is you outsource it we have a broker there's a number there's a helpline it's a 585 number that they can 
and call and get the answer to that question. But it is funny. When it just and every once in a while, I just go like, "Don't they realize that they're asking a guy who probably knows less than they do?" <laughs> like she, she, this this particular employee probably knows more than I do about how this insurance works. I don't look forward to doing that. I mean, the part of me was like, "Oh, I'd love to be." like big enough to where I had like, you know, I don't know, 10 employees yeah, and, and that kind of thing where we can do like a Christmas party and more than I show up, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I, I also am like afraid of that too. I'm like, Oh God, now I don't want anyone depending on me. Yeah. Yeah. What is that like? Uh, it's very scary, very, very scary and very stressful. And I think specifically because i've met them i've met their families i think about their kids faces right. sometimes right. And i'm like i i have to make this work for us because that kid is gonna eat dinner tonight with right. money that her mom bought because she works here like i actually think about that and can you believe there are people that that doesn't matter oh that's tough no how I do you that how not. do you do that how do you how can you be that person like no. I guess, I guess if you're a CEO of like a Fortune 500 company and there's fifty thousand employees and you're in some tower of you know ivory tower somewhere, and you're just you live in your bubble and you're doing your things and you're like, oh well, we're gonna have to cut that. Yeah, and it, and, and that, like that twelve thousand people just lost their job. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, well, I'm, that's I'm, tough. That's go a, home to the to the sauna. That's maybe a different. That's maybe a different like thing that I that I don't have that blueprint in, yeah. me, in my DNA to be able to carelessly mess with someone's career. I right. don't have that ability to do that. And you're right. It's a conscience. Some people actually just don't care. They just can do that. I don't know how you get to that point in life where you have, it's like a sociopath almost, Yeah. where you just don't care. Oh, this person's been working their whole life towards this thing. Whatever. They pissed me off once. Fire them. I hate that. And it happens everywhere. <laughs> happens everywhere. Oh, I, know, I, know. I don't know, man. We should end on a on a happy note, though. No, I don't have anything happy to say. <laughs> <laughs> what's 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 coming up for you guys? What what do you got work? What are you working on? Anything cool? Yeah. So right now, the actually the thing that I talked about earlier, this SQF certification for us, that's actually in our industry. I get to most people, they're like, I don't know what he's talking about. In our industry, that's a big deal. And so the fact that we're working on that right now is a big deal. And that's a lot of internal audits of our place, you were talking about processes and procedures. That's like checks and balances for everything. If you sneeze, there better be a procedure and a form to go <laughs> with your sneeze. In triplicate. <laughs> yeah. And it better be filed somewhere and it better be quickly accessible. Does that, what does that do for you? Does that like give you like maybe a break on insurance or does that it, like. It gives you an ability to work with bigger companies. Ah, okay. It's, yeah. As soon as you, you're out there and you're looking for business and you can find a lot of business at a certain level. But if you want to break through that level and get to this next level of business of name brands that you've heard of, that you've seen on every grocery store you've ever walked into in your life, they want to see that sort of and now they'll give you a chance to RFP. Now you can go in and try and earn their business. What's your What's your holy grail? Like, what's the one thing that you really want to happen? That'd be like when that happens, you're like, boom. Maybe it's Maybe it's really dark and bad that I don't have a good answer to that because there's never going to be a time when I'm going to sit and go, "We're done now. We've done it all. It's great." I don't see that ever happening because if we get that and we start to get some big business i'm not going to sit back and say well now we're done it's great now next thing i'm going to do is bigger building expand right. the building right so so what's what's the one thing right now that 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 you see 
that uh, you want to achieve? Efficiency. Efficiency. It's it's that idea of uh, watching things be done manually because we haven't bought the piece of equipment yet that does that automatically that could make things move faster. And you were talking about hiring people, too. We could probably hire more people right now and probably get a little faster. But I never want to put myself in the position where I have too many people. The last thing I want to do is bring in a machine that replaces a person. I want to have the people to run the machines, but not too many people. Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. I'm trying to grow in a very strategic way to where the equipment's going to come in to help the people I have, not replace the people. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that, that is really important. I just actually, (laughs) I'm starting a nonprofit called hirehumans.org. Okay. Um, I don't know how far I'm going to get with this, but I have the I have the URL. I bought the nice. I, I bought the. Th- you got to take the first step. Sometimes it's the hardest one because I keep seeing these things, these AI programs. There's yeah. like a voiceover AI program, and there's this other uh, video thing where you just put it up there and it'll shoot your your game, like a football game and stuff. And I'm like. That one thing is replacing a team of four people, mm-hmm. a crew of four people. Mm-hmm. That one thing is is taking the job. I'm like, I don't like that. You know, people are always complaining about uh, you know immigrants stealing their jobs, and I'm telling you, it's robots. It's robots. It's yeah. robots and AI. Those are the that's the real enemy. Yeah, yeah. Well, when you talk about who's who's cold calling me every day, like the cold calls that I'm getting are people trying to sell me equipment, and that equipment is generally like you know, oh, think about the labor you'll save with this equipment, and and you know, there's the business side of me that goes, yeah, that's that's I get that. There's money to be made there, but then there's the other side of me that's got a heart that's going like, I don't, I can't let that replace someone. I just don't want yeah. that to happen. That's it's a, tough. That's 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 a tough thing. Do you kind of you kind of feel like it would have been cool if you were doing doing this sauce business back in like. Oh, yeah. The yeah. 50s or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before regulations <laughs> or before they were as strict as they are now. Put it in there. You, you could have put that uh, You could put that piece of garlic right in there. No problem. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. What was the worst thing that was going to happen? Somebody's going to be like, this one went bad. Yeah. And that's the end of it. It ends there. They throw it away. <laughs> yeah, no. Some of me, yeah, of course. Part of me does think that. Part of me thinks about, like, well, if I was doing this at the exact same time that, like, Ragu was doing this, would I have been Ragu? But na- right. but I, you can't think that way because who knows what circumstances would have been like. I have yeah. no idea. Yeah. I don't know. But it, I'm having a lot of fun with doing it. That's the thing is that it still is fun every day. As much as there's stress involved, and there are definitely times where I am pulling my hair out going, oh, my God, how am I going to get this done? Right? It's still fun. It's yeah. still exhilarating. This morning, I actually finished our master raw ingredient list that I've been working on for a very long time, and I was ecstatic. And most people, if I told you I got done with my master raw ingredient list, people would be like, this guy's life has gone down. <laughs> so what does that mean? Every, every single thing that we carry, I now have a full and complete spec on it. So if it's, I don't know, water would be a terrible example because water is like the easiest thing, but uh, say it's um, Worcestershire sauce. By the way, three hardest things you'll ever say in your life. I love you. I was wrong. (laughs) And Worcester. Worcestershire. 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 Worcestershire sauce. So it goes into the program. What are the sub-ingredients for it? Where did we get it from? Who sells it to us? What's the price they sell it to? Do the sub-ingredients contain allergens? What are those allergens? How do we keep it separate from other allergens? 
Uh, yeah, yeah. For uh, and what recipes do we use it in? For every single ingredient that we use for every single product oh we make, God. which is a couple hundred. That's a, that's a. I mean, I feel you, man. That's a good it, accomplishment. It's that's, a haul. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a hell of a thing to be done. Yeah, with. yeah exactly. Damn. So I got that done this morning, and I like went and shouted into the production room <laughs> to my employees. I was like, guys, I just got done with the master ingredient list, and they're like, cool, man. <laughs> So, I mean, we can, we can just wrap up for the day. We're going to meet you over at the bar. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right. I got, you know what I got to do? I got a 2 o'clock meeting. What time is it? One twenty. Holy crap. And I got to drive home. We've Thank been you doing for, this for almost two hours. I know. Thank you for doing this. No, this was, this was a blast. Do you think Long I need to record I sure as hell hope so. <laughs> Let's. Uh, can I see Can I see Pat's part in the uh, movie, yeah, too? Yeah, we definitely, we definitely have to have to show you um pat's part let's see do i hear anything yes i can hear it in there so that means technically it's working great it should be recording too okay good um so you you people can well people i guess people will know how to find you did i, I spell your name right yeah you got it you nailed right. it i forgot people are seeing this this is tv oh god have i been doing weird human twitches the whole time <laughs> Did I pick my nose? Weird human. Um, <laughs> as long as you don't eat it, it's acceptable. It's totally fine. Okay. It's gross. <laughs> Thanks, man. This was fun. Thank you for having so, me. So Thank people you. can, I guess, download your podcast any, anywhere. Sunday mornings, 8 o'clock. Sunday morning. Oh, so that's On every time? Any podcast uh, platform you can find. Yeah, and mine um, gets posted whenever I get one done, which who knows when that is. Nice. I wanted to do them every week, but that's... <laughs> It's impossible. Well, sometimes they're good. They're like this one. They're like these big long episodes, and other times it's twenty minutes of me talking into my Zoom. And you know, people only ever want to hear when I talk to either food people or or radio people. <laughs> well, we'll see. No one usually ever wants to hear from me anyway. So <laughs> I was one of the radio guys that really wasn't a radio guy. What do you mean? Well, because I was like Fickle ninety three three. It was like, what is that? No, it's a popular station. Everybody yeah. knows Fickle. Well, everybody knows Dino. That's right. I miss. Dino. That's the one thing I do miss. I do miss working with Dino. Yeah. Dino's like my, my big brother. He's an awesome dude. So, yeah. Shout out Dino. All right, cool, man. Thanks, man.